You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. You are going to die tonight, and you can't help me. I'm sorry, but it's just what is needed to be done. <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you. Oh, snap. Welcome to a spectacular episode of Growing Up Rock. Sonny, are you there, brother? That wasn't one of my daughters, was it? I just want to make sure. I Do I have to sleep with my eyes open or what? Nah, these are these two little girls that I got sleeping under my couch, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all kinds of wrong. <laughs> So we're doing something today that I'm sure no other podcast is possibly going to do right. We're going to do a spectacular episode to go along with the October 31st theme of Halloween. What do you think about that there, Sonny? I, I think there might be others that try to do it, but they're not going to do it like we do it. And we might get it out for them. Maybe not. It'll be close. You know what? I, you know what's cool though. I think no matter what and whatever spin that that other uh, rock and roll podcasts do on Halloween, you could have ten podcasts that do a Halloween theme episode. I bet every one of them are going to be completely different. What do you oh, think? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because you got uh, folks in the different kinds of music. Some will use a lot of the soundtracks and that kind of stuff. Some might do movies. Like I've I've seen some crazy stuff on Halloween. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think maybe you may hear a song or two crossed over, but I, I doubt that uh, uh, that it'll be completely the same. And I guarantee you the take on it will be uh, a little bit different from time to time. So uh, it's all good. Uh, before we get started on this uh, scary episode of Grown Up Rock, uh, where we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween and our grown up around Halloween, let's get into a little bit of house cleaning uh, because we, we need a little bit of help in sharing our episodes. So we're getting good response and we're getting folks that like our, our post and like our podcast, but we need help with folks sharing our podcast. So I'm on a call once again on the lovely mistress of the dark elvira elvira please tell these fine people about our podcast please everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell and we want to hear yours so go to our website at growinguprock.com that's one word g-r-o-w-i-n-u-p-r-o-c-k.com or visit us on our facebook page at growing up rock and tell us all about it Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Thank you, Mistress of the Dark. Sonny, call out these folks, these grown-ups of the week as we call them. Tell us all about it. All right, so grown-ups of the week. Uh, first one we got is Steve Wright and the Potter Than Hell podcast. And today I had sent out something on Twitter and um, Stephen put it on Facebook. We wanted to kind of see if anybody had seen any shows on Halloween. And uh, Stephen had also written back. He saw Zombie, Alice Cooper, and Queensryche a few years back. And he said there was tons of effects and robots and that kind of stuff. So sounded cool. Yeah. Uh, our next grown-up of the week, Nerds with Words. So they're a comedy podcast. 
which is kind of cool. Um, Daryl Alber, he is the owner of HK Collectibles. Yep. And he also sent us a note, <laughs> one about, uh, well, it was about our last episode about festivals. Uh, he said, agree with you on UFO, because I, I had said I'm not really into UFO, not but not Deep Purple, right? Because yep. he is into Deep Purple. And then he sent a personal note to me that said, also, you're beginning to take up an inordinate amount of time in my week. Add King of All Podcast to your Twitter profile. So that must mean that he's tired of you uh, co-hosting um, Podcast Rock City, Growing Up Rock, guest hosting on Potter Than Hell, doing a short episode on uh, Joe's podcast and, and uh, you know, the other 28 episodes that you're co-starring on. <laughs> yeah, but he listened to them all, so I thank him for the support. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next grown up of the week is uh, Jake and Time Conquer. They're a comic book podcast, so that's cool. Uh, Tony Masalum, uh, Emotionally 14, which is a gaming podcast, so that's cool. Awesome. Our friend Tony from uh, Restrained. Uh, yeah, shout out yep. to the Restrained. Check them out. Yeah. Uh, Tom Zim, uh, Damon Raffae, Longbox Scavengers podcast, which is another comic book podcast, which is cool. Finnegan Odell, a friend of mine, uh, not a friend of mine, but a new friend on Twitter. I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing that guy might be Irish. Is that a yeah, good, good guess? Yeah, he's got a little Irish thingy on his Twitter, so I'm assuming. <laughs> you already mentioned restrained Rick Friel, and he said enough's enough would open his festival, and then Chips enough liked that, so Chip saw it and sent it to me. And then uh, the last one we have is Marvin Grovio. So thank you for sharing and retweeting on Twitter and Facebook. So thank you, everybody. Yep. And also to add to that list is somebody that we're also that also was nice enough to give us a five star review. We love reviews, uh, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on iTunes. Uh, we always appreciate the five star reviews. We say we'll take any review, uh, but we prefer the five star kind. Uh, our friend from Classic Rock Drops, Tuck Watts. Uh, went on and left us a five-star review, said, really solid podcast you guys have, very professional and interesting topics. Uh, thanks for the advice and help you guys have given to Mike and I over her on Classic Rock Drops. I really appreciate it. Uh, and we appreciate you, Tuck. So thank you for sharing and thank you for the five-star review. Yeah, I, l I really like their podcast. And one guy I forgot to mention uh, like I said, we sent out that Twitter and Facebook about stuff you'd seen on Halloween. Adam Cox from uh, Decibel Geek Podcast, yep. or he's one of the Decibel Geek staff writers, wrote back and said he saw Pandragon. I'm going to say Pandragon is the name. <laughs> and I've never heard of them, but uh, I guess they're a British prog rock band he saw on Halloween once. Yeah, so. yeah, I asked him whether it was a band or a play because I couldn't really tell. And he was talking about Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but yeah, he said it's a prog rock, <laughs> British prog rock band. <laughs> Which is cool. So get out your swords and your sorcerer capes and uh, go listen to some Pandragon prog rock. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. So uh, this week's topic, um, we're going to get into discussing everything scary about hard rock and metal. Uh, So we're going to talk about some scary album covers, some scary songs, some scary bands, etc. And let me just let me just say this up front, because I don't want listeners sending in email or, um, you know, leaving post on our Facebook page. You think that's scary? You should check out this Norwegian black death metal band. (laughs) So so I know for a fact that there are a lot more scarier bands and songs and even covers because I know that there's some Norwegian black metal out there that takes their shit seriously. I've heard some crazy stories, people burning down churches and people resorting to cannibalism. I get it. There's crazy messed up people out there, but uh, yeah, this podcast not that serious so (laughs) and plus i can't say that i'm an actual dark death black metal fan uh it's never been my real thing it's uh most of that stuff correct me if i'm wrong sonny but most of that stuff is kind of like cookie monster uh, vocals as i would call it right yeah, yeah, and you know some of these guys do shock rock, which is kind of cool because they're still melodic. Yeah, but they're trying to give you a show too, so we're kind of into that a little bit. But yep. uh, yeah, our show today was just an excuse to get ten or eleven songs out there that uh, maybe people haven't heard and that uh, fit the theme. So yeah, and hopefully keep it a little bit light on the lighter side with a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of scary rock and roll. So. Uh, it's all good. But before we get into that, it's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right. Crank It Up Spotlight on some new music. And today, our new music spotlight comes from you, courtesy of The Darkness. Uh, the Darkness just released uh, Pinewood Smile. And Pinewood Smile was essentially a crowd-funded album. Sonny, do you know about that? I didn't know it was uh, crowdfunded. I know a little bit about the darkness, though. They're odd, fun. Uh, They're cool to listen to, but they're odd, that's for sure. They're definitely an acquired taste, and uh, I think that if you're able, they're kind of like one of those bands that you either love or hate, and if you can get past his falsetto uh, from time to time, because I know a lot of people are turned off by his falsetto from time to time. Sounds a little bit like Tiny Tim. I get it. Uh, I even struggle with that in the early days. Uh, and the band has been around for a while, and they they were really good out of the gate and uh, really successful on, a, on that first record. And they put out a couple more records, and then I think the singer Justin, who's pretty much the main guy in that band, uh, took a leave of absence and just basically left the band. Um, and so... You know, he went away for a while and they came back, they reformed and he's back in and uh, committed to the project and they put out a few more records after that and they've been pretty solid. Their last record I thought was was a very solid record and this new one, Pinewood Smile, I think is very solid. I'm going to play a bonus track off of Pinewood Smile called uh, Rack of Glam. So check it out. Let us know what you think. I dig this tune. Rack of Glam. Woo! 
song's pretty cool but see what i mean they're odd i mean the song's called rack of glam like that's, yeah it's a play on words <laughs> yeah yeah but it's it's cool yeah i mean you know it's just a just a play on on words so uh it is what it is you know uh i don't think they take themselves too seriously i think uh the music uh you know the music's good flat out rock and roll and uh uh so it's it's all good 
But hey, uh, let's get into this main discussion. Let's talk about some some scary records and some scary bands and things like that. Things that go bump in the night, if you will, uh, Sonny. Sonny, was Halloween, was Halloween a big thing for you growing up? Yeah, my parents uh, and I lived in basically apartment living. So we were basically apartment dwellers for the first, I would say, 10 years of my life. And then the the next seven or eight that I lived with them, we were in homes. So we did our normal trick-or-treating, but me and my brother would just go out by ourselves. And, you know, I'm 12 years old. He's five. I would take half his candy before we got home, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, no, we trick-or-treated like normal. But uh, I actually started to enjoy Halloween after I moved out of the house and went and started. I saw a couple of shows on Halloween and that kind of thing. So so when you were old enough to actually uh, punch the kids in the head and take their bags of candy, is yeah, that, that yeah, about when yeah. you started enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when you're a kid, you think that's the only way you can get candy. But then you grow up and you're like, oh, I'll just go buy my own bag of candy. I don't got house to house. It's two bucks. Yeah. So. You know, I was a lot, I was a lot like you, like, uh, we lived in apartments, uh, for the most part when I was a kid as well. So, uh, I always thought that made trick or treating pretty easy to go from door to door in apartments and you had so many doors close in proximity. So, uh, I thought I did quite well in the apartment scene. Uh, and I always loved it when, uh, when occasionally we would get money, like, like the dude would forget to get candy. So he's like, here you go, kid, take a buck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I always enjoyed that. Did you have any particular good costumes that you, that you remember dressing up as when you were, when you were young? I did the easiest superhero thing. Like I got friends that dressed up as kiss characters and that kind of stuff. I did not want to put that much work into it. I tried the pillowcase over my head one time, but then when I looked at myself in the mirror, I'm like, that probably is not socially accepted. So I didn't lo- really look like a ghost. I looked like something else. So I'm like, eh, maybe I just go get like a Superman mask or something. So, um, so yeah, I usually went as like a superhero. Oh, and I was Fred Flintstone for years. I was Fred Flintstone for years. I forgot about that. Somehow that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. I for totally, and there was a year where I was Fred Flintstone, my wife was Wilma, and then my best friend and his girlfriend were uh, uh, Barney and Betty. I for totally forgot about that. I can yeah. actually picture you as Fred Flintstone for some reason too. That would be really good on you. Yeah, I, just, I probably still have that costume somewhere. I just took a black. Um, uh, 30 gallon garbage bag and cut a hole in the top of it (laughs) 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 and put it, put it over my uh, head and then wrapped a a rope around my waist. Uh, so I was a bag of trash. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Cheap living, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've also had the pleasure of seeing some concerts on Halloween. So I've seen, Y&T twice. I saw them in 86 and 87. Right on. Uh, Keel, Keel opened in 87. In 86, it was uh, local bands that opened. How was Keel live? They were okay. I, I'm not really into much Keel. Really? Yeah, there's something about the mix of the vocal and guitars that just doesn't suit my ear. I don't know why. They're just, you know, you would think they're basically melodic rock, just like anything else in the 80s. But for some reason, I just never got into them. Yeah. Yeah, um, but then the biggest Halloween show I saw was 1998, 
It was the beginning of the Cycle Circus Tour. Me, my brother, my best friend and his brother drove down to Dodger Stadium and we saw Smashing Pumpkins and Kiss. Sweet. On Halloween, Smashing Pumpkins came out as the Beatles. I don't, you know, I didn't really get into Smashing Pumpkins at all. Yeah. And obviously Kiss was already in costume. But this was like with the 3D big screens. I mean, the place was sold out. It was mayhem. That that place was nuts. That's awesome. Yeah. That would have been a cool, cool concert to see. I have to say, I've never really seen at least nothing that sticks out in my mind. I've never seen any concerts uh, on Halloween that I can recall. Um, so I don't. Yeah, you don't get that many opportunities because a lot of these bands, especially the last fifteen years, you know, they don't play on holidays. Right. Like you, you'll get New Year's shows maybe, but you're not going to get shows on Thanksgiving and Halloween. Some of that stuff because, especially the bands that we would go and watch most likely they realize most of their fans have kids and that kind of stuff. They've got families. We're not 20 years old anymore. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't consider Halloween a holiday, but, uh, yeah. just never, never have, uh, seen it. I'm last, last year for Halloween, my wife and I, we, we hate getting up and down out of the chairs while you're trying to watch TV because the, we live in a neighborhood full of kids. So doorbell rings every five minutes. So last Last year, we decided we were going to be smart, and last year, we took a TV tray and two um, uh, lawn chairs, put them out in the driveway, put the TV tray between us, and uh, bought a bottle of wine and a big big old bowl of candy and just sat out there and watched all the neighborhood kids come by. It was good, actually. It was really fun. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing I did one year. So... Nicole takes the kids and they do this Halloween thing at the church that they go to and uh, they're doing it out of cars, you know, so it's all safe and everything. And she goes, why don't you stay home and you give candy to the kids who knock on the door? So I'm like, I'm not getting up and down, up and down, up and down. I think it was a year where there must have been, it must have been a Sunday. So I wanted to watch football and I didn't want to get bothered. So I put both bowls of candy on the porch, turned on the light closed the door 10 minutes later the bowls were empty pulled it in turned off the light went back upstairs (laughs) (laughs) so for all i know two kids got you know every all the candy i have no clue and i don't care sonny what's your favorite candy for halloween oh i'm a i'm a reese's pieces guy reese's pieces reese's peanut butter cups Uh, i like the stuff with nuts in it yeah you and i are straight up man give me a reese's cup and i'm totally happy i'll do the nuts i'll do the things like the snickers and things like that but i'm totally down with the reese's cups yeah yeah what's better than peanut butter and chocolate nothing nothing (laughs) (laughs) all right let's play some music what do you think All right, you go first this time since I went first on the last episode. All right, so I'll get this thing kicked off with with an obvious choice, man. What can be said about Trick or Treat the movie? Come on, it's all about metal, rock and roll, and cheesy-ass Skippy from Family Ties, right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Plus, it's basically a Fastway record. And it's a really good Fastway record, in my opinion. I mean, it's just straight-up simplistic rock and roll. I love this soundtrack. Are you are you a fan of uh, the Trick or Treat soundtrack at all? Yeah, I am. It's actually the first time I heard Fastway. So wow. I hadn't heard much Fastway at all. This movie came out in 86, uh, so we actually went and saw it in the theater because, you know, Gene Simmons was in it, so we got to go. Yeah, man. He played Nuke. Nuke, baby. 
And then once I heard the soundtrack, I'm like, hey, this is pretty good music. Is that all done by the same band? So do a little research, find out his Fastway, and then I really got into the first two Fastway records after that. Oh, man. Love, love, love the first Fastway record. It's such a great record. And there's, I guess there's one or two tunes off that first record that are on this soundtrack. I know Heft is on here. But love this soundtrack. think it's a fantastic soundtrack. And I'm going to play the lead track and the title track off this record, Trick or Treat. You good with that? I am good with that. Let's roll Trick or Treat fast way off the Trick or Treat soundtrack. Scary shit. Here you go. That's a great song. Now, does Dave King, does he sound like Jack Russell to you? He sounds like Jack Russell to me. You mentioned that before when uh, when we were getting ready to tape the show. And, and now that you say that, yeah, I can hear that a little bit. I, I didn't put two and two together before, but uh, definitely uh, now that you say that, I can hear that a little bit. I think he's a little bit higher uh, register than, than Jack is. Uh, and he kind of stays there. Dave King kind of stays in that high register, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's a great song. 
I think I think uh, uh, Dave King is a little bit more um, Robert Plant than he is Jack Russell, but Jack Russell also a fan of Robert Plant. So, what you got for us, Sonny? So my first one, we're going to go to 1992, and we're going to talk about an album cover, Iron Maiden's Fear of the Dark. So this was the first album cover that they had a different artist. The guy's name is Melvin Grant uh, versus Derek Riggs, who did all of their past of the art before this. And, you know, all of their stuff's got Eddie on it. And it's usually like a almost a comic book horror kind of thing. Yep. But this album, the guy, Eddie got darker, right? And this whole thing, him coming out of the tree, and it kind of makes you feel like you just be walking, everything's cool, and then all of a sudden this thing grows out of the tree. It's pretty uh, freaky. Have you seen this cover? What do you think about the cover? I have. I mean, I, I have to be honest. And I mean, how can you how can you talk about scary album covers and not talk about Eddie or, or Maiden? Uh, yeah. And I've seen this album cover, but I have to admit that Fair of the Dark for me was I was kind of in my out phase with Iron Maiden. Um, you know, I quit. I quit listening to Maiden right right in and around Seventh Son. Uh, that was kind okay. of a, that was kind of about it for me. Uh, now, obviously, I revisited that, and I ended up getting into back into Maiden at a little bit later time. But uh, I actually I have this record, so yeah. I mean, it's definitely a creepy cover. Uh, Fear it's called Fear of the Dark. So how can it not? I would have personally just for me, if it were me, I would have picked Killers because Killers is a a definite scary. Like there's Eddie, yeah. and he's looking rough, and he's got the hatchet. Uh, so definitely a little bit creepy, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm down with Fear of the Dark for sure. Yeah, and you know, you you kind of said you jumped off the Maiden wagon maybe for a little bit. Uh, so did Adrian Smith because he's not on this album. Uh, so did Dickinson after this album because he was gone after this album. So they were definitely in a period of transition and new members and that kind of thing. But the song that we're going to play for you, because they play Fear of the Dark live all the time still. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go a little bit deeper track. So uh, the song that we're going to play for you is called Chains of Misery. Yeah. 
see, I I dig that, and I I'll tell you what, I had to when when I saw what you were picking to play, I thought you were doing Fear of the Dark, and I was like, okay, cool, maybe we'll try to do the live version of Fear of the Dark because I really like the live version. But Chains of Misery, I was like, is that on that record? I don't even remember that song title. So I went back and I listened to that song earlier today, man. That song. That's a really straight up uh, rock tune from Iron Maiden, which, you know, sometimes you don't always get that from Maiden. They like to uh, noodle around a little bit, but that, that song's a straight up rock tune. I really like that song quite a bit. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, decided to pick that one. Yeah, they, Maiden is not really known for like catchy choruses with backing vocals and that kind of thing. And that song actually has it. There's not that many of Maiden songs that are like that. Yeah, I mean, the Maiden that I like, and, and this, you know, Maiden, they like to noodle around, and I think they've gotten a lot more noodly <laughs> as time goes on, but the Maiden that I really like is that straight, straight up riffing Maiden, like um, Flight of Icarus, or uh, Two Minutes to Midnight, you know what I mean? Does it, Am I kind of making sense to you? I totally understand. Okay, so that's kind of what I do. It doesn't mean that I don't like anything. Like, I mean, I like, uh, you know, Aces High and The Duelist and and other things uh, that are kind of a little bit more uh, not straight ahead. But I, but I, I just I love my. I'm a simplistic rock and roller, so I like those those big riffs. That's what I what I attach myself to. So, uh, but that's cool. I dig this tune for sure. So. All right, sir, you're up next with this funky tune. Okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm digging deep into my past. As I as I told the listeners before, I always had that inner struggle with rock and roll and growing up in the Bible Belt. Uh, I was busted up uh, quite a bit on trips to the malls, just wearing concert t-shirts because you always kind of got accosted from time to time with a Bible beater, as I call them. And these are folks that, that feel like just because you're wearing an Iron Maiden shirt that you're an evil person or you're wearing spikes, you need to repent, et cetera, et cetera. And I had many, many dealings over the course of time with my friends in malls as a kid being busted up by these folks. Now, I'm not an overly religious person, but I also am not somebody who discounts religion completely. So I'm somewhere in between. So there's always kind of that constant struggle going on with me and some of the scarier things in rock and roll. But it took me a little bit of time to kind of deal with some of it and go, okay, Alice Cooper or Kiss, it's it's just a thing. It's just a gimmick. You know, it's more about the rock and roll. And so you get older, you mature, and you kind of understand. You start to understand entertainment as opposed to just true evil, (laughs) as I like to say. So this song is just plain, flat-out scary by a just plain, flat-out scary individual. But I think it's still a gimmick. I think it's still entertainment. And you can't talk about Halloween and scary hard rock and metal without talking about merciful fate and king diamond come on the guy's wears makeup got an upside down cross on his forehead that's scary so the song i'm going to play is off of one of their greatest hits records it is called black 
funeral. And I'll just, I'll read you some of the lyrics here before I play this tune. Bring the black box to the altar. Now raise your hands and do the sing. Oh, hail Satan. Yes, hail Satan. Lay down your swords, the evil star. I mean, that's the first verse, Sonny. Does that scare you at all, buddy? (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Her blood is still hot. She was the victim of my coven. Like, it's just... (laughs) Hold on. Hold on, man. I'm getting to the best part now. Uh, Open the black box to the altar. Her blood is still hot, so let it out. Oh, hail Satan. Yes, hail Satan. Now drink it. Drink it. Forget that whore. (laughs) It's a black funeral. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, yeah. When I had first seen uh, or heard of Merciful Fate and heard of King Diamond, I'm like, why is a PMRC after Knights and Satan's service when this guy's around? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but but this song does rock. I'll say that. <laughs> so just flat out rock and roll, you know. Here's a little Halloween rock and roll for you. All hail the black funeral from merciful fate. Enjoy, people.
have to admit, the guitar works really good. And the guy can sing, obviously. It just, it's just creepy. Yeah, the message is a little dark for me, yeah. Plus, when he sings in the high register and they double it, so it sounds yeah. really creepy. Yeah, it's got that like weird woo. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very creepy. But man, the guitar player, the musicians in, in Merciful Fate and King Diamond have always been great, man. Some of those guys are awesome guitar players for sure. So it's all good. What you got for us, Sonny? All right, so we're going to take it a couple of notches down and come back to earth a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to pick a scary song, kind of sc- scary song title. It is my favorite Rob Zombie song. And, you know, can't talk this kind of topic without talking about Rob Zombie. You know, he's making horror movies, the dreads, the face paint. Uh, you know, I've seen Zombie Live I'm not sure if you have, but I've seen Zombie Live to where, you know, he'll he'll get up almost like on a pedestal and start preaching to the crowd, and the energy is just nuts at a zombie show. And I've seen him with uh, Riggs is playing guitar on this tune, uh, but I've seen him with John Five. Love John Five. Awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely had to talk about zombie. What do you think about zombie? Well, first of all, I, I have to kind of chuckle to myself when you say you're going to bring it back down to earth a little bit or bring it down a notch. And then you talk about <laughs> Rob Zombie. I'm like, Dude, okay. Compared to Merciful Fate, he ain't talking about hot blood and covenants. Well, well, from a satanic perspective, yeah, okay, I get it. Uh, and Rob Zombie, definitely much more show. You know, he's made it quite well known that he loves the the horror uh, flicks and the, the campiness. So definitely. And yeah, I've seen Rob Zombie a few times. I went to a Rob Zombie show less than two weeks ago at one of the uh, venues that I work at. And he's he's awesome live, man. So, so good live. And John 5 got all these crazy guitars that light up and this thing that goes in his mouth that lights up you know john john five he's just he's he's every bit as as good as um zombie as far as the show goes i mean he's definitely a an important part of uh zombies band and and zombies show altogether but definitely a spectacle to watch for sure i love love rob zombie i love this record no that's awesome because the song we're gonna play is from the 1998 album Hell Billy Deluxe. My favorite song by Zombie. I never get sick of it. Let's play Dragula.
how can you not just want to scream that course out, man? Come on. Yeah, and there's a live performance on YouTube from the 2010 Revolver Golden Gods, and you get to feel the energy through that video pretty well, and it's it's Dragula that it, that they're doing, and it's awesome. Do you know where Dragula comes from? A combination of a dragster and a Dracula? <laughs> kind of. So Dragula was Grandpa Munster's car. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's literally a coffin on like a 1915 Ford <laughs> or 1930s. Right on. Yeah, but uh, it's a it's a pretty cool looking car. But it just kind of goes to show that zombie tries to be all scary and freak you out and blah, blah. But at the core, it's still a fun thing for him. Yeah, he's got a sense of humor. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, love the zombie, man. Yeah, awesome. I'm definitely down with Rob Zombie. My turn. Yep. So I'm going to go to a scary album cover. This is a creepy album cover, and and this was actually a controversial album cover at the time, but we're going to talk about Black Sabbath's Born Again with the creepy devil baby on it. Do you know this record? Yeah, this one's got Ian Gillen, right? Yeah, so this was the first and I think only record that uh, Ian Gillen sang with uh, Black Sabbath on, as far as I know. When it came out, I wasn't a huge fan of it, you know, because he was replacing Dio, basically, right? So so Black Sabbath had just put out Heaven and Hell and then Mob Rules, which were, in my opinion, probably my favorite two Black Sabbath records. I mean, truthfully... No uh, disrespect to Ozzy, but just for my personal taste, I mean, I like the two Dio uh, Black Sabbath records. They're they're heavy and straight straight ahead. But they put out Born Again, and I listened to it a few times. My friend was really into it and would blare it in his car, and I just could not get into it. I was not digging that record at all. Uh, fast forward, you know, 20, 25 years later, and I went back and listened to it. My taste, of course, have changed. And I was like, okay, there's some definite redeemable songs on this record. Uh, and then they went and they remastered it. Sounds a little bit better because I didn't love the recording of it either when it came out. Uh, so they remastered it. Sounds a little bit better. What's your take on this record, uh, Sonny? You know how you were kind of talking about jumping off the maiden wagon I jumped off the Black Sabbath wagon almost as fast as I got on because yep. uh, I liked the Aussie stuff a lot better. So, you know, this stuff was all past me. I had heard um, Crazy Train, and then I heard No Rest for the Wicked, and then went backwards. Heard a little bit of Sabbath. I liked some of it. Liked it all the way to Never Say Die. Okay, Mob Rules. I can handle it. It's Dio. All right. And then I kind of jumped off. Same thing. Come back to it. Man, Ian Gillen is unbelievable. Like, the guy's an unbelievable singer. If you had went and, let's say, you know, went into the Army for four or five years and you come back and you went into the Army and it was never say die and you came back to Born Again and you got Mob Rules, the three albums sound nothing alike. Yeah, completely. Yeah, so it's just uh, odd, but uh, I thought Ian did a great job. I'm not into a lot of these tunes, but I think Ian did a good job on it. Right. Yeah. So scary album cover got a lot of controversy when it came out. A lot of people freaked out. You you actually read a story that what was the deal with Ian Gillen about this album cover? Yeah. So there's a story about 
I guess Ian Gillen told the press that he threw up when he first saw the cover. Um, and then Bill Ward said he hated the album cover and supposedly, uh, Iomi approved the album cover, didn't tell anybody. And then here's a really weird one. Black Sabbath's manager, Don Arden, I guess he was pretty, you know, he wasn't happy with the way things ended with Ozzy and all that. And Ozzy had married his daughter, Sharon, and he would tell Ozzy, your children resemble the born again cover. Like that's just mean. That's crazy. Yeah, that's... and the cover's crazy. It's like this red baby with yellow nails that like look like he just came out of a pool of blood. The, the, it's a disturbing cover. It's a devil baby. It's supposed to be yeah. Rosemary's baby or something. Oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense. I guess it's just creepy, but it's just a creepy looking record. Anyway, I could do the the normal thing or the expected thing and play this song called uh, "Disturbing the Priest," which is kind of a creepy song off this record. But I'm not gonna go that route. Uh, I'm gonna actually gonna play one of the lesser scary songs, but one of the songs that I kind of like off this record. It's a deep track called "Hot Line." <laughs>
yeah, see like stuff that Ian's doing there. You know, I love Dio, love Ozzy. They couldn't, there's no way they could do that. Nah, man, definitely not. Totally different singer. Apples yeah. and oranges for sure. But I dig that tune, man. That's a straight ahead rock song. I like that song. It's one of my one of my songs that I dig a little bit more than others off that. I also like Zero the Hero, Digital Bitch. Those are cool tunes off this record as well. But on to you, my friend. What you got for us? All right. So I'm gonna tell you a little rock story. Well, let me first tell you about this this whole scary horror thing. You're talking to a guy that has never seen a horror movie all the way through. Um, I went to Friday the 13th, part six. The girl I was dating at the time, we went to the movie theater, go see it. Ten minutes in, I was done. Like, i just not a horror movie guy. I just I don't like them. The sight of blood, eh, kind of freaky to me a little bit, honestly. So I'm going to tell you about a show I went to. Dream Evil comes out in 87 and Dio comes to town in March of 88. And my best friend and I, I think we had won tickets on a radio show. Uh, so we went and it was Megadeth and Dio and Megadeth at this point, P-Cell's already has been out for a couple of years and they're at uh, so far, so good. So what it just came out that January. So we uh, watched Megadeth. It was the first time I had seen Megadeth and they sounded great. Mustaine, I don't know if something had happened. Uh, like I think he had a friend pass away recently, so he was he was pretty down. He seemed like he didn't seem like he was having a great time playing. And every time he would talk, he would tell these depressing stories. So it was a little weird. Um, so we got through the Megadeth set, and then Dio comes on. And if I'm, I think if I remember right, he opened with "We Rock," and four or five songs in, everything's cool, and then it changed. And I didn't realize that it was like Black Sabbath songs he was playing at the time, but kind of got eerie, and uh, the whole vibe got weird. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, whatever. So we listened to a couple more songs, and then Murray made an appearance, and I didn't have the Dream Evil record. I'd only seen the videos, and I, uh, I, you know, I guess I didn't pay attention that much. But Murray comes out, and then the devil horns start, and some chanting starts. And- <laughs> I'm just like, we had just seen Striper like two weeks before that. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't, this, this has gotten really, really weird. It was the first time I'd seen Dio and we walked out. We were done. Wow. Um, and now that I look back on it, I'm just like, it's all an act. It doesn't matter. But see, I hadn't seen Kiss in makeup. I hadn't seen Alice Cooper yet. There was things I hadn't seen yet. So, and I'm only 19 years old and I'm like, all right, this, this stuff is kind of weird. All right, so um, so hold on, let me, because I know there's a bunch of our rock and roll listeners right now that they want to go ahead and do this, and I'm going to do it for them because they're not here to do it in person. Hold on just a minute. Nerd! Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you go home, the next day I'm telling some people about it, and they're like, oh, well, you know, you can flip over the Dio logo, and it says devil. I'm like, yeah, be kidding me. And then... Uh, I remember going to the record store, flipping it over. I'm like, oh, my God, that does spell out devil. Is it devil or evil? It spells out devil. Devil. Okay. I couldn't remember whether it was devil or evil. Yeah. If you remember the album cover, uh, Murray's kind of in the window, the kid's sleeping. Totally scary. The bed. Yeah, it's totally scary. On the bed. When you say Murray made an appearance, like a mechanical Murray or what? 
No, it was. I don't remember it being mechanical. Laser it Murray round, and it was, this was '88, so there wasn't really lasers. A lot of lasers at that time. It seemed like it kind of came up from behind them. So I don't know if it was kind of like an Eddie type character. But see, I had seen Eddie with Maiden, and Eddie didn't seem scary to me. Cause, um, so there was something about the vibe too. Because the reason I ask, right? So, so I had seen Dio probably three or four times before Dream Evil came out. Like on the, I saw the Last Line tour, I saw the Sacred Heart tour, and those were two of probably the best concerts I'd ever seen in my life. And they had like lasers, like they had Laser Dragon on the Sacred Heart, and they had. You know, I want to say they had like a Laser Murray on on the Last in Line tour, but I can't really remember. I just remember they had the big pyramid on the Last in Line tour and everything. But uh, scary, not at all, but definitely two of the better special effects and awesome concerts that I'd seen up to that point. So that that's why I was asking, you know? Yeah, it was part. He, he did what he set out to do. It was create a vibe create whatever it was that was supposed to be a little bit freaky he did it to me i think my friend probably would have stayed but i was just like i'm out but what's interesting is when i go back and listen to that album the song that was inspired from the album art is actually the song we're going to play for you and it's called faces in the window
So this is another song that I had to go back and listen to because I hadn't heard the Dream Evil record in a while. Um, and there's a lot of good songs off this record. This was the first one with Craig Goldie after uh, Vivian left the band. I dig this song, Facing the Window. I like this record for the most part, but I hadn't, I couldn't, couldn't place Faces in the Window. Like I couldn't place that song. It wasn't one of the ones that I recall off that record. So uh, I went back and listened to it and and all. This was... Probably I jumped off the Dio bandwagon after this record. This was about the last record I want to say that I bought of his for a long time. Then I went back and, and got some of the stuff and started listening. Yeah, Dream Evil is a pretty good record. I dig this song, so it's all good. Yeah, it's a great song that faces in the wind. Like, it's really cool. I really like Dio. I feel so stupid leaving now that I think about it over the years. Because at the shows I saw afterwards, because I, I jumped off the Dio train for like five years after that. Right. And then when I went back and saw him, I'm like, okay, what was I scared about? Like, but it's also 25 at the time, right? So now it's like, okay, whatever. I've seen, I have seen Cooper by then. It's hard to be scared about anything after you see Cooper. No, it's a great song. Yeah, I'd have definitely made fun of you if you left the concert. Oh, yeah. I was there yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> My wife makes fun of me. When somebody's bleeding and I'm just like, oh, baby, I can't look and you deal with that. <laughs> All right. On to me. All right. So tell me, Sonny, is there anything more scarier than like a killer psychotic looking clown? Yeah, not really. Hasn't there been like stuff over the last year where there's like psychotic clowns like jumping and scaring people in cars or something? There was stuff on the news, right? Yeah, exactly. Clowns watching people and stuff like that. And so clowns uh, over the course of time, clowns scare people. I think uh, there's a lot of people that would say, yeah, clowns just kind of creep them out. And in particular, crazy looking clowns like psychotic homicidal clowns definitely freak people out but we're gonna talk about a band that we haven't talked about a whole lot and their mascot for the most part is a crazy homicidal looking clown we're gonna talk about a, a band out of texas called dangerous toys you remember this band i love this band dude this band kicks ass kicks serious ass and so you can't have, in my opinion, you can't have Halloween and 
not talk about dangerous toys and the song scared. Come on. <laughs> now what's interesting because it's for the subject matter. It's a fun song. It this is. This is actually my favorite. It's my second favorite dangerous toy song. Support and Woody is my first favorite song. Yep. But this chorus that's, hey, man, I think I like being scared, and I wish you all were there. Man, I really, really think, really think that I think I like being scared. It's like it's almost like they ran out of lyrics. But he pulls it off the way he sings it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a catchy song, man. I was singing, yeah. When this song first came out, I was singing this song nonstop just because I couldn't get it out of my head. Such a good song, such a great band. Um, and Jason McMaster still putting out good music today and Broken Teeth. And he's got two or three other projects, I think, that are going on. But definitely go back, check out the first Dangerous Toys record, and definitely go out and check out Broken Teeth uh, with Jason McMaster singing. Awesome, awesome tune. And uh, so, yeah, enjoy. This levels out or this uh, kind of evens out the merciful fate a little bit. This is, uh, uh, <laughs> this is Scared by Dangerous Toys.
See, now there's nothing to be scared about. That's a fun song. Exactly. See, that gives me that gives me a little good karma after I, you know, uh, been dogging on priest and nuns. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> All hail Satan! And now I've got a fun song with crazy clowns. Yeah, yeah. All right, Sonny, over to you. All right. So we're going to talk about possibly a band the fans have never heard of. If I was to tell you there's a band that you haven't heard of that lists their influences as Van Halen, Kiss, Ozzy, Dio, Slayer, The Ramones, King Diamond, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath. Would you want to listen to that band? I would. I would too. And uh, the band is called Widow. And uh, they've been around a while. They've been around 17 years. They have five albums. They're from Raleigh, North Carolina. Three-piece band. John Wooten is the lead singer. Um, Robbie Mercer plays drum. John Wooten also plays bass. And then Chris Bennett is the lead guitarist. The album cover of Life's Blood. So I got to explain this cover to you, talking about nuns. So she's a nun. She's barely covering her chest. Boobs. She is an attractive person. Except for the face. Yeah. Well, the face is like dripping in blood. That's why. Well, she got um, stuff around her face. Let's face it. The only thing attractive about this nun at this point are her boobs. And her <laughs> boobs look good. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> and then she's standing, I'm assuming, in a pool of blood. And her hands are in front of her. And she's just lifted them out of the pool. It's a pretty freaky cover. Their logo is really cool. I like their logo. The band is very melodic hard rock if you've never given them a chance. It's straight up guitar-driven, bright production. So this song that we're going to play for you is uh, off of their Life's Blood album from 2011, their fourth album. And the song is called Lady Twilight. And let me just say before we roll this song, the album cover and the song yeah, completely non-associative. <laughs> I mean, the album cover, if you looked at the album cover and you're like, okay, I know about what I'm getting ready to get. Yeah, nothing about it says what you're getting ready to get. Completely different. Go Google this, folks, and look at what this album cover looks like. The nun, she's got like black circles around her eyes and a demon mouth and her hands are demon like claw hands and yeah, very creepy looking album cover for sure. But anyway, that's enough of that. Enjoy Lady Twilight from Widow.
seen now that's a straight up hard rock song <laughs> and completely not what you would expect they got some good stuff i'm just sad i've never seen them live because i would really probably enjoy this band live because i like all of their stuff do you know if they're still i mean are they still active yeah they're active are they yeah but club scenes i'm assuming and they must just be playing up and down kind of like the East Coast, I'm assuming. Well, that's why it's it's weird that I haven't seen them or seen advertisement because, I mean, that is sort of, you know, Raleigh's a little bit far from here, but it's still East Coast and, and still sort of my neck of the woods. So Yeah. But, yeah, I've never, uh, never heard of them. In fact, when you presented this to me, and you asked me who the singer sounded like, I was thinking, well, the singer's D. Snyder, because I was thinking Widowmaker. You know oh, what I mean? right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I guess we could have chose Widowmaker. Um, that would have been an interesting choice. Captain Howdy, right? That's yeah. a creepy song. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So I'm sure there's plenty, plenty that we missed, but that's all right. We had to pick a few and go with it. All right. <laughs> so on to me. I'm going to not beat around the bush here. I'm going to go straight up Marilyn Manson because he's just weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, weird is an operative word. He's just interesting because when he wants to get attention, he kind of throws stones at other people, which I don't really like that about him. But he's obviously talented. Yeah. He's, He's strange, and there's been music over the years that I can take or leave. Uh, some of it I like a lot, some of it I don't care about, and some of it just plain out kind of sucks to me. But that's that's my relationship with Marilyn Manson. I really was a big fan of Antichrist Superstar. I thought it was a great record. Definitely kind of a creepy record cover. His face kind of just half on the cover and just weird looking. Uh, but he put on a record a ways after that called the golden age of grotesque um and really i don't know that this record did anything at all uh i don't know if it got any exposure at all it's kind of a really weird album cover which is just kind of a picture of him that's distorted and looks like he has like a white mask on and he's just looking like he always looks he's just weird looking you know he can really look freaky uh at times but golden age of grotesque strange looking album cover but the song i'm gonna play off this record is kick ass rock and roll i dig this song this is a song that just you know straight ahead uh one of one of the Marilyn manson tunes that i like a lot what's your what's your take on manson sonny uh, talented guy, you know. I uh, every time I hear a Marilyn Manson song, it, it just kind of sounds that industrial rock, mm-hmm. right? Which I never really got into. When people guide me to a song, like I listen to the song that you're going to play, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. So somebody has to guide me to what I might like because yep. I don't think I'd like everything. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a reasonable bet. Yeah, you should just let me pick out a handful of songs for you and point you because you're probably digging a lot of the same tunes that I'll dig. Yeah. But this is a song called Mob Scene. Enjoy Mob Scene. Golden Age of Grotesque, Marilyn Manson. Hey! 
So when we first thought, when we were first talking about putting this podcast together, I didn't think we'd ever play a Marilyn Manson song. <laughs> kind of creepy though. It fits yeah, the bill, right? It is. It is. It's creepy. That's for sure. So there you go. Yeah. It's a good song though. I like the song. Yeah, man. I, I like my, I like my Marilyn Manson as long as they, as long as the industrial has a good dose of guitar in it, I'm, I'm good. And I think that song for sure rocks. It works for me, man. All right. So our last choice is actually going to be a scary video from a band most people have not heard of. And when I when I told Stephen, have you heard the band Lordy? You thought it was somebody different? <laughs> I thought it I had seen the name before and I thought it was Lord and somebody just messed up the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do they keep spelling it with an I? It's L O R D E. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Lordy, first of all, they've been <laughs> they've been around since 1992. They're a band from Finland. And I will tell you that this band is Kiss plus Gore plus Alice Cooper plus Zombie kind of in a blender. It's it's melodic hard rock. He's he's got a very rough kind of growly voice, but it's not Cookie Monster vocals. He's still melodic, but it, it's not exactly the smoothest voice on the planet. The lead singer's name is Mr. Lordy, and they kind of call him the Hulk from Hell. Then his guitar player is named Amen. He's the mummified Pharaoh. The bass player is called Ox. He's the bull Taurus or hell bull, if you want to call him that. The keyboardist is <laughs> the keyboardist is named Hella. She's the Scarby doll. And the drummer is named Mana, the Minister of Sinister or Insecto Man. <laughs> so when you watch this video of the song that we're going to play, it's kind of a creepy video. Did you get a chance to watch the video? I didn't watch the video. No, I wish I'd have watched the video. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, it's definitely shock rock. <laughs> it's like you see the video and you hear the names and you read it on Wiki and maybe you see the album cover, but then the song is very melodic compared to what you think you would see. So this song, singable chorus, is called Would You Love a Monster Man? It's from their debut album called Get Heavy, and I think you will enjoy this song, and I think you will enjoy the video. So let's play Would You Love a Monster Man. Would you love a monster man? Could you understand the beauty of the beast?
Nice. <laughs> and, I, and I watched the video too, just out of curiosity. I just kind of perused the video. Yeah, they're, they're interesting for sure. They got, a, <laughs> they got a song called Hard Rock Hallelujah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're definitely, they're not near as messy as gore is, but they're definitely uh, gore-like in their costumes and stuff, but just not yeah. as liquidy grow greasy like they're more defined their uniforms are a lot more defined yeah and they've got anthem type songs there's a song called this is heavy metal no matter what they say this is heavy metal the only righteous way like it's <laughs> kind of very anthem. they got a song called the riff <laughs> So yeah, um, I encourage people go check go check out that band if you want a good laugh. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's good music too. It's yeah, it's not bad. It's definitely definitely better in my opinion, better than gore music wise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't really get into gore's music, but it's definitely fun to go see that band live for sure. If you've never seen and a gore concert, it's also funly in, in Finland. They're doing with this band like people used to do with Kiss in the late 70s. It's, can we get a picture of Lordy without his makeup? We think we saw him in the airport and f- people throw it on Facebook. And they're oh, that's not Lordy. There's no way. Like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It's pretty weird. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All they right. The Halloween theme, though. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, Elvira, what you got for us? It's time for your Kiss Stork moment. On Growing Up Rock. It was interesting that when we talked about what we are going to do for the Halloween episode, this song and movie popped into my head immediately. And that's the soundtrack for the movie Shocker from 1989. It's kind of a comedy slasher film. The film's not super duper good. I've seen parts of it. But the soundtrack is amazing their songs uh megadeth does no more mr nice guy i love soraya they do timeless love on this uh dangerous toys does a song on this but there's this one gem of a song from a band called bonfire now bonfire has been together since 1972 it's a german heavy metal band 19 albums six live albums six compilations, they've got a box set, they've had 23 different lineups, they've got one original member left, and I don't think everybody, anybody's ever heard of this band. Have you ever heard of Bonfire? I have. Yeah, and I hadn't heard, I didn't know they were putting new stuff out, and our buddy Rich Dillon sent me their album, I'm like, Bonfire? He had turned me on to Bonfire, because he'd said, oh, Bonfire's got new stuff out. Yeah. I'd asked him, had you ever heard Sword in the Stone? And he goes, no. I, I, uh, he goes, yeah, I've heard it. You know, they're still around. They've been around forever. I'm like, they have? 
and they must play the European festivals, so that's probably where he saw them, I'm yeah. assuming. But yeah, the song we're going to play is Sword and Stone. And what's cool about the song is it's written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child. And for all those folks who hate on Crazy Nights, uh, the album, which I actually like Crazy Nights, um, Nevison did not think that this song, I guess, was worthy of the record. So it didn't make the record. Uh, but give it a listen if you never heard it. Sword and Stone by Bonfire.
Yeah, see, I might have liked uh, Crazy Nights a little bit better if that if that song was on it. <laughs> You're one of the Crazy Nights haters. I, I forgot about I'm that. not a big fan of that record. Not just, I think it's because that record starts off with Crazy Nights, and I just, I hate that song. <laughs> I've oh. never liked Crazy Nights. But Sword in the Stone, I like. I like, uh, what else is on that record? I like Thief in the Night. In that, in that, on that record, yeah, I like uh, my way. Talk like I talk, walk like I walk my way. Remember that song? Yeah, that song's yeah, all right good. too. There's a couple okay songs on that record, but yeah, yeah, that that record's not my favorite for sure. So, but Sword in a Stone, I dig that song. That's a good tune. Yeah, that whole uh, that whole soundtrack's pretty good, and and if you remember. 86 uh, after well not 86 i don't think i don't think i got the right year but after dream warriors hit nightmare on elm street i think it was on three and it was a hit man every slasher movie had like heavy metal yeah on it um vinnie vincent even had love kills yeah because that was that was the trend that was happening in that in that mid to late 80s i mean everything was metal all mtv all that shit you know yeah, and, and the you know the the song and the attitude, the songs, the attitude, the sound yeah. kind of fit some of these movies. Oh, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I went back into my iTunes catalog and looked. I have a record from Bonfire from 1988 called Fireworks. And, oh, okay. And this record is just straight up kind of pop metal. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So. So no, that's a this is a cool topic. You know, kind of. It's kind of it's fun. A good timed well, and it's a fun topic. Yeah, I think it's gone real well. I've enjoyed this episode so far. It's it's done well. I hope our listeners enjoy it. Again, before we uh, wrap this thing up and head for home, I uh, want to remind people that they can um, help out our podcast. Uh, we appreciate folks leaving us reviews and, and liking our Facebook page and going over to the website and doing things and checking out some of the stuff that's over on the website. But it helps us probably most of all when you share our podcast to help get the word out there because we're young we're we're new we're just we're kind of growing right you know it's important to us that we we gain new listeners and gain new feedback and people uh tell us uh you know how they feel about the podcast because uh we want to keep doing this and ways that that you can help us to do that is by sharing it and growing our numbers and then also you can help by uh going to the website and doing your shopping uh, on amazon through our website our amazon link we always post uh songs and bands that we're playing in all the show notes at the website and you can just click on the link and go through our amazon Uh, link and it doesn't cost you a penny extra and it helps us out because Amazon gives us a little bit of kickback and that kickback goes straight into our hosting fees and content and just basically providing a better podcast experience for you folks. Anything to add to that there, Sonny Buddy? No, I think you covered it all. And, uh, you know, thanks for all the support. I know we grow listeners every week and we hear good things all the time. So, and if people got ideas for shows, uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. We would love to get some ideas from you, but thank you for all the support. 
Yeah, we always enjoy doing the shows that are entertaining to us and and hopefully to you guys, but we're always willing to listen to ideas because, uh, hey, uh, make it a collaborative effort. We want to include you guys. That's why we do your rock and roll stories. You can go over to the website, leave us uh, your brushes with greatness. Maybe you met a rock star that was awesome to you and took you out and bought you dinner or uh, was just a complete and utter dick to you and you want to get the word out that this guy's an a-hole. So (laughs) share those rock and roll stories with us because we like to hear them. They're just fun for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're at uh, shake, rattle, and roll time, right? That's it, Sonny. Pull that iPhone out and let's do some shake, rattle, and roll, buddy. The shuffle here. Oh. You got a good one for us? You're going to love this because Mr. Paul Gilbert from Mr. Big has got a nice message for you. He's not a happy guy, so enjoy the tune. (laughs) All right, folks, till next week. We will holler at you later, and we are out of here. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. It's beautiful day. Everybody use your ears. Listen to me when I say now. Everybody use your goddamn turn signal. Everybody use your goddamn turn signal. your heart tell a girl how you feel now everybody use your goddamn turn signal
Use your goddamn 